empty praise and treasures that fade never enough. And you came along. You came along. Put me back together. Now every desire is now satisfied.
Well, good morning, everyone. Glad that you are here. Welcome to you all. My name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so great to have you with us today uh, as we gather together in worship. Uh, and so as we're coming together and getting settled in, just a couple of quick things I want to throw your way. First, if you are a guest, welcome. So glad that you're here with us. If you are a guest, we'd love to connect with you. Best way you can do that is to simply grab your cell phone right now at this second and text the word CONNECT to our number on the screen, 910-424-1298. Just text CONNECT. We'll send you a link, tap on that, answer a couple of quick questions just so we can know who you are and how we can pray for you, minister to you in the best way possible. But again, thank you so much for being here today, worshiping with us. Uh, but for everyone, we've got our three big announcements before we begin our time together. Big three things we want everyone to know what's happening here at Southview so you can be connected and a part of what is going on. Number one is this, men's breakfast, November 6th. Saturday, November 6th, we're having a breakfast for our guys. We want you to come and be a part of that. We're having a missionary come and speak. Just phenomenal guy with some amazing stories of God's uh, uh, power and grace uh, all throughout the world. He's going to come and share with us November 6th, 8 o'clock. If you want to come for that, guys, just text BREAKFAST to our number so we know how many to prepare for. Just text BREAKFAST to 910-424-1298 and hope to see you there on November 6th. Second, our yearly family business meeting. That's going to be on November 14th, directly after the 11 o'clock service. That's where we uh, present to you for voting on the budget for 2022, uh, new leadership for 2022, and then also share a little bit of some of the things we've got planned for you coming up in the next year. We'd love for you to be a part of that. If you're a member, if you're not a member, if you're just a guest, you've been hanging out here, you're welcome to come be a part of that as well. Just to listen in on a family meeting and see how we do things. We'd love for you to be a part of that just so you can know what we do and how we do it. Uh, we, we really seek to do the business meeting thing a little differently than maybe you're used to if you grew up in a Baptist church. That's why we have a meal together. We call it a family meeting. It's just a chance for us to come together and share uh, fellowship together and talk about the goodness of God and what he's done in us and what we see him planning for in the future. So come be a part of that. Text family. 
to 910-424-1298. Text FAMILY so we'll know how many to prepare for. So you can do that. Tell us how many in your family are coming so we know how many to prepare for. That's going to be November 14th after the 11 o'clock service. Come and be a part of that. And then last, Operation Christmas Child. It is that season. As you leave both doors, you'll see on the sides uh, the Christmas boxes. So you can get those, fill those in. Uh, follow the instructions and drop those back off and you can just put them right up here on the steps whenever you bring them back and then we'll gather them and send them off to the distribution center. This is in partnership with Samaritan's Purse uh, and um, with the Graham family, uh, uh, Billy Graham and his son uh, Franklin. Samaritan's Purse, these boxes go to third world countries uh, to give kids in third world countries a Christmas present and then also an opportunity to share the gospel. So be a part of that. Grab a box or two, fill those in, bring those back, uh, and uh, we'll get those sent off. And that's such a great opportunity in ministry. We love being a part of that. And then also on Saturday, uh, uh, excuse me, Friday, November 5th, um, we are having a little uh, pa packing party. If you're interested in coming being a part of that, November 5th, uh, you're welcome to come, and uh, it's a little potluck. You can bring something to eat, it's a little something for your family, and a little extra. Bring that, and then come, and we're going to pack some boxes together. If you're interested in being a part of that, that is going to be November 5th. You can come and hang out if uh, you're free for that as well. Uh, but for any other announcements that we have, anything going on, you can just download our app, uh, Southview Baptist Church app, iTunes or Google Play. Download the app, and through the app, you're going to be able to find um, uh, announcements, uh, to be able to sign up for things, uh, you're going to be able to give online through the app. You can give online or you can give at the giving boxes as you leave, whichever works best for you. You can give online. You can find a journey group online. That's our small group ministries. We encourage everyone to be a part of that. You can find a good journey group online. And I will throw out a quick announcement with journey groups. Uh, we have a new one starting up during this 930 hour. It's in room 104. Uh, it's specifically geared for military families, first responders, police, fire, uh, EMS, medical professionals, anything like that. That's a group that exclusively, if you're not, that doesn't fit you and what you do, you're welcome to come and be a part of that. But it is a group that's kind of geared towards that. Uh, meets here in the 930 hour in 104. And so if you're interested in that, you're looking for a group, you can uh, leave right now. They're going to be better than what I'm doing. Or you can go next Sunday, whichever one works best for you, all right? So, but download the app, get plugged into a group. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so I want to read some scripture to us as we jump in and we start worshiping together. Uh, during the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be doing baptism, uh, which I'm very excited. And it's so cool. Uh, at the uh, 11 o'clock hour in our baptism, we're baptizing a 16-year-old and an 80-year-old. How cool is that? Right? That's awesome. Uh, and so very excited about that. And I'm a little excited because the 16-year-old is my daughter, so that makes it a little better for me too. So, really really excited about what the lord is doing there and the next sunday actually we're doing baptism in this service so you're going to chance to worship and celebrate uh in this hour with that as well but i want to read a scripture to us romans 6 verse 4 so in romans chapter 6 uh god is talking to us about salvation about being in christ and he uses baptism in this and so what baptism is it's a picture right it's a symbol it, baptism doesn't save you it doesn't make you a christian it doesn't make you a better christian it's a picture it's a picture of as you go under the water and come back up again. It's a picture of two things. One, Jesus dying and being buried in the grave, going underwater. And then when you come up out of the water, it's a picture of Jesus rising again to new life. And it's also a picture of you. 
When you trust by faith in Jesus Christ, you die to your old life, and you rise again to new life in Jesus. This is Romans 6, 4. We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death. In order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. What baptism symbolizes and represents is the fact that you've been united with Jesus Christ, and as a result of that, you are dead to your old life, and you are brand new. So if you're in this room right now today, and you are a follower of Christ, you've trusted by faith in Jesus Christ, right now at this moment, you are new. Your, your old self is dead. Even if you still do some of the things your old self used to do, you're still dead and you're alive in new life in Jesus. And what the point of all of this is, live out the new life you've already been given. You're already made new through faith in Jesus. Now, by faith in him, through empowerment of the Holy Spirit, live that. And for those of you here today that may not be followers of Christ, our encouragement to you is today, Jesus died and rose again so that you can die to your old life. Let's be honest, isn't working for you? You can die to that and you can be given a brand new life in Jesus Christ today. Believe by faith in Christ and that is yours. So I want to pray for us. We just bow our heads as we begin worshiping together. Jesus, I pray over us here in this room. I pray, God, for those here in this room who are your followers, who've been made new, who trust by faith in you, Jesus. This is who they are. I pray, God, that you would empower us in this room to live that life, to live that life. Jesus, I am new, and I pray, God, that you would empower me to live that new. I pray for everyone else in this room who is new in you, Jesus. You would empower them by your Spirit to live new. And for those here in this room who don't know you, I ask you today, you would move in their hearts, Holy Spirit, to trust by faith in you, die to that old life, and be made brand new in you, Jesus. Do this in us today for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand, guys. Let's worship Jesus together. Good morning, church. Because these things are true, we can celebrate. I invite you to join me as we sing as we, as we profess what we believe, that we have been dead, resurrected in Christ to walk a new life. Let's sing. In this time of desperation, when all we know is doubt and fear, there is only We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe. In 
Come. 
about God as our, our rock and our redeemer. What a great song to lead us into our time of prayer. And we do this every week. We spend a little time praying together as a congregation. And, and our guide for this is Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus teaches how to pray. We know it's the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us of our sins. We forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And, and the point of that prayer, that, that scripture there, is not for you to memorize it and quote it. Although that's gr great. That's a great scripture for you to memorize. Um, but it's clear in the text that the point of that is to be a model for us, right? It's something that uh, teach us how to pray, not just be something that we sort of just remember and recite and so so we go through a little chunk at a time here on Sundays and and use that as a catalyst for us as we pray and to teach us how to pray and to let us spend a little time praying together so as we're going through it um, we're in verse 12 where it says forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors and what I want you to see in this is the connection between you forgiving others and God forgiving you. Right? Those two are inextricably linked. If we have truly been forgiven by God, then we are then going to be empowered to forgive others. And, and the scripture is not only here, but, but repeatedly will, will teach us. If you consistently struggle with forgiving someone, that might be a red flag indicator that you have never actually experienced the forgiveness of God right your inability to forgive the fact that you hold on to things and struggle with bitterness that that could be now it could be there's something that the lord is trying to, to deliver you from but that could be also a red flag indicator that you're just not a christian and that you've never experienced god's forgiveness because the two are linked as you are forgiven you will forgive 
I want to read for you Colossians 3, 12 and 13. We'll put it up on the screen here. You may want to jot it down. It's a good scripture to, to spend a little time meditating on this week. Colossians 3, 12 and 13. It says, Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. What I want you to see is, again, the connection, the link between who you are in Christ, what Christ has done for you, and then as a result of that, how you will treat others. Everything starts this way, right? Everything is vertical, and then as vertical is correct, you and God, then horizontal, you and others, gets worked out. Right? So he says there in verse 12, put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved. Right? So you're chosen by God, you're saved by God, you're made holy by God, you're loved by God, you're a child of God, you've been made new in Jesus Christ, we saw that in Romans 6. Since that's true, you're called to now put on something. Like you put on clothes this morning, you're called to put on something. Because this is true of you, it's what you're commanded by God to put on. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another... Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. So here's what I want to do as we spend a second here praying together. I want us to do it here, and I want it to be a teaching moment for how we just live life and do prayer. Things start first again with God, you and God. Who is God? What has He done in you? What has He done for you? What has He saved you from? How has He forgiven you? As that is settled in our hearts, then we're now empowered to live that out towards other people. So step one, we want to take a moment and ask the Lord to give us fresh eyes to see how remarkable His salvation of us is. When you stop thinking you getting saved was an act of God miracle, that's when things start to go bad for you. You didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. You weren't worthy of it. It was just the grace of God. And as we are overwhelmed by that grace, now we're empowered to give that kind of overwhelming grace to others. So first, focusing in, setting our hearts on what Jesus has done in us. And then as that is settled more and more and more in our hearts, now we're empowered to, to live that out towards others. So I want to encourage you to bow your heads for me. And let's... First, I want to encourage you, take just a moment here and just set your hearts on the unbelievable grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. He chose you. He made you holy. He calls you His deeply loved one. Take just a moment and ask the Lord to to give you fresh eyes to see that and praise Him for that. Just take a minute just thank God for His grace on your life. And as we're doing this, use that as kind of a springboard into, okay, God, because you have loved me so lavishly, forgiven me so greatly, poured such amazing grace in my life, 
empower me to live like that towards others. Like it says here in Colossians 3.13, forgiving as you have been forgiven by Jesus. Lord God, I just pray for us. Lord, I pray first and foremost, God, that you would, not just right now at this moment, but, but really truly every day, give us greater and greater and greater understanding greater and greater eyes to see open up the eyes of our hearts more and more and more to see how glorious and amazing and spectacular our salvation is how much we've been forgiven how much grace has been poured on us how much you just continue to forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive and forgive how you never look at us and get fed up you never look at us and get frustrated you never look at us and say forget it i'm going to walk away you have shown such grace to us you have made us your child and you are committed to us and you're going to continue to show us grace i pray god as we see how glorious and amazing that is we are empowered to live like that to those around us Showing that kind of grace, that kind of forgiveness, that kind of mercy, that kind of love. Because we are chosen and holy and beloved, we will put on kindness and humility and meekness and patience and forgiveness. Because this is who you've made us. This is what you've done in us. So empower us, Lord, to live that out for others. And if there are those here in this room that habitually struggle greatly with forgiving people. They're very quickly offended, very quickly pick up bitterness, and are very, 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 very slow to truly in their hearts forgive someone. God, I pray that today you would do surgery on their hearts and that you would show them, God, if indeed they actually even know you as Lord, because that is not your heart at all. So do they even know you? And if they do, Holy Spirit, if you, if you reveal in their hearts that they are indeed your child, I pray, God, that you would show them what has been built up over time that is stopping them from experiencing all the goodness that you desire to pour into them. I pray, God, that you would do this in us. I pray, God, that we would be people who forgive the debts of others because we know how lavishly you have forgiven us. Thank you, Jesus. Make us a ridiculously forgiving people. That is going to make this church truly have an impact in this world. I ask you, Jesus, that you would do this in us for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. If you have a Bible, let's find Galatians chapter 3 together, all right? Galatians 3, we're going to be in verse 10. So if, uh, if you've been with us for the duration of our study in Galatians, then our series in Galatians is probably starting to feel a little bit like that uh, movie Groundhog Day, Bill Murray, where he just woke up the same day over and over and over again, and you're showing up and you feel like it's the same sermon every Sunday. Like, what is going on here? It, and that is honestly by design by God. In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul tells the church at Philippi, look, to say the same thing to you over and over and over is no harm for me, and it might just be for the sake of your soul. 
right? There's some things that you need to keep saying over and over and over and over and over because they're that important. And that's what God is saying here in the book of Galatians. There is something that's so important we have to keep saying it over and over and over. And that something is the understanding that we are saved. We are made right with God. We are, we are made holy and justified just by Jesus and nothing that we do. That's why Romans chapter 12 tells you that you must be uh, not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the constant, continual renewing of your mind. There are some things that you must continuously, constantly renew your mind to. And this is 1A. This is the very top. Knowing that it is just Christ and His work that makes you right with God and does anything good in you. And so to kind of set the stage on this, again, we're doing this every week. We're giving just a little definition of the gospel so that we're all on the same footing as to where we move forward and what we mean. So we're going to read this together. When we say the gospel, again, you may not be a Christian and you may not believe this, but just for our purposes to know where, what we mean when we're talking about this, so we're all on the same page, let's make sure we got the same working definition, okay? So for us, when we're talking about the gospel, what we mean is this, and we'll read it together. The gospel is right standing with God that was bought by Jesus on the cross and it is enjoyed only by faith in his work. Anything added to the gospel ruins it and you miss Jesus. So this is the gospel, but however, listen, it is, it is innately built into every one of us to try to find some way to look to our good work and our good effort to accomplish something in this life. It is deeply ingrained in us. We're all seeking to do this. We're all seeking to find some way to make ourselves right with God. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, Adam and Eve eating the fruit, ultimately what that was about was Adam and Eve desiring to do it their own way. I will determine what is wise and unwise. I will determine what is good and bad. I will determine what makes me righteous and what will make me unrighteous. This is in humanity from the very beginning. This is who we are. You even see it in society. Forget Christianity. Even just in society. Let's just look around us, okay? Republican, Democrat, right, left, liberal, conservative, vaxxed, unvaxxed, mask, no mask. If, if, if we're honestly paying attention, these have stopped being. Ideas that you hold to, opinions you have, and positions that you, you, you stand in. These are now how we determine who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. Right? To use biblical terms, this is how we're going to decide who's righteous and who's unrighteous. Whose team are you on? Are you team this or are you team that? And depending on what news channel you watch... They'll tell you that this team is righteous and this team is unrighteous. This team wants your good and this team wants your destruction. Right? This is, what I want you to see is this, 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 this thing inside of us to, to justify ourselves. To look at our position and our thoughts and our life and our ideas and make them right and holy and good. In order to do that, we have to now look at people who hold another position and go, and you're bad. This is innately in us. It's even within church. I mean, if you've done church life for long, right? Churches deeply believe we worship the right way. We believe the right way. We do church the right way. 
And all of that, we're just trying desperately to justify ourselves, to look at our efforts, our work, and see how we're being good. And what Galatians is going to consistently tell you is, you can't do that. Your good works, your good efforts don't accomplish any of that. It's just Jesus. It's just faith in Jesus that makes you right. You don't have to find some way to pump yourself up and push someone else down. You can just trust in Christ. The big idea we're going to see today is the only way to experience the fullness of God's blessings in your life is to trust in Christ, not your own strength. You have to trust in Jesus, His work, His Spirit's empowerment in you, not your, the work of your own hands, if you're going to experience all the fullness that God desires to have for you. So now, in order to, to do this, we're going to do two things. Right? First thing we've got to do is deconstruct. So we're going to tear down this idea that we can accomplish anything of lasting blessing with our own hands. Right? So we've got to tear that down. Then we're going to build back in its place an understanding of how faith in Christ allows us to experience the full blessings of God. All right? So let's pick it up in verse 10. Galatians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 10. All right? So Galatians 3.10 says, For all who rely on the works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. So right out of the gate in verse 10, here's what he's saying there. Trying to obey the law doesn't just make you lost, it curses you. Right? What he's saying here, he quotes Deuteronomy 27, 26 there in verse 10. And he's saying, if you're going to say, I can be good on my own. My good work, my good effort accomplishes something. What Deuteronomy 27 is going to say is, okay, if that's the game you want to play, the rules are this. You have to be perfect. Right? You have to obey all of it. You have to be sinless you cannot just do this whole, well, I'm more good than bad, so it's going to balance out in the end. If that's the game you're going to play, you have to be perfect. So let's do a pop quiz. Um, so when we think about the law in the Old Testament, the first thing that comes to our minds is the Ten Commandments. You find that in Exodus chapter 20. Um, God gave the Ten Commandments, wrote it with his own finger on the stone, gave it to Moses. Moses brought it down to the people. Ten commandments of how you follow God. So let's do a quick pop quiz of how we're doing with that, okay? We're going to do backwards. We're going to start at ten and go down to one, David Letterman style. All right, if you don't know who Letterman is, Google it. It's when late night was actually funny. So let's start at number ten and we'll work our way down. And just don't raise your hand. Just keep mental notes. So number ten. So remember, you got to be perfect on all of these. Number 10, have you ever wanted something that someone else had? Great. We're just done right now, right? We're just toast. Just forget it. But for kicks and giggles, let's keep going. Number nine, have you ever said something about someone else that wasn't true? Number eight, have you ever taken something that did not belong to you? Number seven, so seven and six, we're going to kind of get a little bit of separation. You're going to feel good for a second, but hang on. Number seven, have you ever cheated on your spouse? Or number six, have you ever committed murder? For most people in the room, they're probably going to go, well, at least 
At least I'm not that. Put a pin in that. We're going to come back to it in a second. Number five, have you ever acted rudely or disrespectfully to your parents? Number four, have you ever gone an entire week without stopping to rest? Number three, have you ever said God told you to do something he did not tell you to do? Um, that's what taking the Lord's name in vain actually means. Taking the Lord's name in vain isn't you put God's name in front of a cuss word. Taking the name of the Lord in vain means you put his name on something that he never said. God told me to leave my spouse. God told me it was okay to date this person that doesn't know and love Jesus. I prayed, and God told, I really feel a peace in my heart. God told me that was okay. Nope, you, you just broke the third commandment, because he did. The last two we'll, we'll hook together. Two and one, have you ever in your life worshipped anything, placed anything, pursued anything above God? Now, we would probably look at that list and we would already hang our heads and go, um, I'm flunked, I'm done. Well, hang on, don't worry, it gets worse. Because if you go to the book of Leviticus, it's going to take those 10 laws and expand them out to actually 613 laws. Laws that govern ceremonial laws, that, that govern things of like when you can bathe and how you should do that. Moral laws that govern how you treat one another. Dietary laws that govern what you can and cannot eat. Civil laws that govern how we are to interact with human authorities. 613 of them you have to obey perfectly. All 613 of them. But hang on, it gets worse. Remember when we talked about adultery and murder and everyone was like, whew, at least I'm not that? Jesus was like, hang on a second. Because in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5, he takes adultery and, he, and murder and he shows us the heart behind it. And he says, well, if you've ever lusted after anyone in your heart, you've already committed adultery. And if you've ever been angry at anyone in your heart, you've already committed murder. Oh, junk. Right? The point is supposed to be this. You can't do it. It is utterly, totally, completely impossible. And any shot that you take of trying to justify yourself by your own works, well, at least I do this, and at least I do that, and no, I'm not perfect, but at least I'm not as bad as that guy. Any effort that you do with that will ultimately be a curse on you because when you stand before God in judgment, he will use your good efforts against you on your trial. It doesn't work. So that's why we get verse 11. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. It is obvious here you can't do this. For, he quotes, he quotes Habakkuk 2, 4 here, the righteous shall live by faith. In verse 12, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by faith. That's quoting Leviticus 18.5. What he's saying here is this. You've got two options. right? Option A, you could try to go after it in your own strength. And we've already established that's going to fail miserably. Or you can go at it by faith. What God is trying to explain here, what he's trying to establish, is the understanding that you are not 
capable in any way, shape, or form to follow this in your own strength. You can't do it. And that's a good thing. We need to realize that. I'll hear people say things like, Christianity is just a crutch for the weak. Yes, you're right. Crippled people need crutches. That's the whole point. This is what God is trying to get us to understand in verses 10 through 14. You are the crippled person. Not only do you not have strength in your legs to follow after the laws of God, you don't even have feet. Like You can't do this. Yes, you need a crutch. Yes, you need someone to, to, to come up underneath you because you can't do it. That's the whole point. But he says there in verse 11, the righteous are going to live by faith. True life given to us by faith. Faith in Christ. Faith in his work. Faith in what he accomplishes in us, through us, for us. Here's the point. If you're trying to live your life in your own strength, in your best effort, in all your work, it's going to ultimately fall apart. Even if you're a follower of Christ, sometimes we believe by faith in Christ for salvation, and then we try to live life in our own strength, and that's going to fall apart also. You live by faith, not just in salvation, eternal life, but literally faith is the air we breathe. We can't live without it. We need Christ. And so how do, we, how do we walk in this? How do we live in this? Verse 13 begins to kind of unpack that for us. So we are under a curse because we are incapable of following the law completely. But verse 13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So this verse tells us that the person who saves us, the person we need to come in and live for us rightly is Jesus. The whole point of Christianity is this. You can't keep the law. You can't be good enough. It's not possible. So what happens is this. Jesus came to earth as God's son and lived perfectly. He obeyed the Ten Commandments. He obeyed the 613 laws. He obeyed not only that, but he was perfect and pure in his heart. He didn't even lust in his heart, anger in his heart. Heart. He was perfect in thought, intention, action, everything. And then, Jesus in his perfection, and you in your imperfection. You under a curse, and Jesus being the literal blessing of God. Here's what happened. This amazing, perfect exchange. You are under the curse of the law, and Jesus is under the blessing because he has obeyed every jot and tittle of the law. And now he takes your curse on himself and gives you his blessing. Look at how he describes it. It's so amazing. He quotes Deuteronomy 21-23. Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So this is a really interesting verse. So if you go in the Old Testament, it talks about there is a certain kind of person that hangs on a tree. There's a certain kind of vile individual that they're so vile and so heinous that the judgment, the punishment they deserve is to be nailed to a tree and hung up on a tree for everyone to see. The point is they're hung up on a tree for everyone to see. This is what happens when you are this kind of cursed. And as you go through the Old Testament, there are three specific groups of people that fall under this, all right? One 
enemies of God are hung on a tree. You see this in Joshua chapter 10, verse 26, with the wicked kings that come against Israel. Not only are they defeated, but they're hung up on trees, on wood poles for everyone to see. Second, you see traitors of God are hung up on trees. 2 Samuel 18 talks about Absalom as a traitor of God being hung up on a tree. You also have covenant breakers. You see this in 2 Samuel chapter 4 with the sons of Saul breaking the covenant that God has made uh, with his people and as a result being hung for their sins. Traitors of God, enemies of God, covenant breakers of God hang on trees. But there was a, a fourth person that hung on a tree, and that was Jesus. And Jesus did not hang on a tree because he was cursed. Jesus hung on a tree because you were cursed. Jesus hung on a tree to take away the curse of your sin. Because you and I are enemies of God. You and I are traitors of God. You and I are covenant breakers of God. You, you ever think about Jesus' life? And this is, so, this is such a cool thing. Hopefully this is like a, a neat little light bulb moment for you. We talk about Jesus dying on the cross. Did you know Jesus had to die on a cross? That wasn't just the way that they killed people back then. That was the way it had to be done. Because in the Old Testament, in order to, to, to fulfill this Old Testament law, everyone cursed had to hang on a tree. This is Deuteronomy 21. Everyone who's cursed has to hang on a tree. Because you're cursed by God. Because you could not obey his commands. You deserve to be hung on a tree. And so Jesus had to die that way to take away your curse from you. Think about all the ways Jesus could have died. In Luke chapter 4, a group of people are mad at Jesus, so they take him to a cliff and going to throw him off, and Jesus just says, not today, and walks away from them. In John 10, a group of people pick up rocks to stone Jesus to death. Same thing, he's like, no, and just walks off. When Jesus is arrested, he endures 24 hours of torture and beating. Historically, if you look at just crucifixions, a large majority of men who were condemned to death and crucifixion, never even made it to crucifixion because they experienced such intense torture and abuse on the way to the cross. In fact, Isaiah 52 says that Jesus was so beaten that you could not recognize him as human. He was beaten beyond human recognition, but he didn't die. Why? Because Jesus had to die on a cross. He had to hang on a tree. Not because he's cursed, but because you and I are. And in order to take away our curse, he had to experience the right punishment you and I fully deserved. Jesus took your curse so that you can receive his blessing. That's where you get verse 14. Look at this one. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. Not only did Jesus take away the curse, but he gave us a blessing. Look at verse 14. I love this. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. Just put your name right there. Jesus hung on a cross so that all the blessings of God might come to you. 
might come to me through faith in Jesus Christ so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The blessing that you receive from God isn't a thing to who. The blessing you receive from God is God. You receive the Holy Spirit. And think about this just for a second. What do you get by receiving the Holy Spirit? You get adoption. Romans chapter 8 says those who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. You are made a child of God. God is your dad and he loves you and protects you and comes after you and pursues you. Through the Holy Spirit, you're made holy. I love this. I was talking to my wife Marie this week and she brought this up. She said, you know what, he is the Holy Spirit. So one of the first things you get is holiness. You are made holy through the Holy Spirit. It's made possible for you to walk in the righteousness of God because the Spirit now lives in you. You get to bear out the fruit of the Spirit. We'll see that in Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Come on, let's just be honest just for a second. Don't you desperately need peace? Don't you desperately need self-control? Are you sick and tired of blowing it over and over and over and over and over? My gosh, don't you need joy? Aren't you just craving to experience not just momentary happiness, but true, unshaken joy? Don't you want that? What I want you to see from the scriptures today is that only comes through faith in Jesus. The work of your hands will not accomplish it. And for brothers and sisters in Christ, listen to me. Don't just pray the prayer and then think you're going to work your way into it. It doesn't work that way. That comes only by faith in Christ. 2 Peter 1 says, through faith in Jesus and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you have been given everything you'll ever need for all of life and godliness. Ephesians 1 says, through faith in Christ, you've been given every spiritual blessing. Ephesians 3 says, through faith in Christ, you get to experience all the fullness of God. This is the blessing that comes through faith in Jesus. What I want us to see today is not just trying to do it in our good works, in our good efforts, in our good tries, in our good intentions. Not just that it doesn't work, but that it ultimately ends in a curse. It goes bad. But you get to trust by faith in Christ. See Him do the work. You've been given everything you need You've, been, you've received the Holy Spirit as the blessing of God. So how do we do this? How do we walk in this? We do it by faith. We say, Jesus, I know that you alone made me right with God. Jesus, I know that you have given me your spirit. As I gather in worship here right now today, I ask you, Jesus, that you empower me to do this in a way that brings you glory and honor. You're doing this by faith. You're asking Jesus to do it in you and through you. When you read your Bible, when you pray, it's Jesus, I know that I'm made right with God only by your work and not any of this. And I thank you, Jesus, that you filled me with your spirit. I ask you to empower me, Lord, as I read your word and as I pray to see more and more and more how glorious and amazing and beautiful you are. 
when sin and temptations pop up in your life, you're not fighting that in your own strength. You're fighting that by faith in Jesus. Jesus, I know that you have made me right with God. I know that you have filled me and empowered me with your spirit. I ask you, Jesus, today, empower me, Lord, to turn from this sin, turn from this temptation, and just walk in you. You can do this by the blessings of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And for those of you here today who aren't Christians, encourage you. Living in your own strength, thinking that you're going to be good enough, thinking that you can accomplish something, it's going to ultimately end up in a curse. See today that Jesus lived perfectly in your place, died in your place as your curse, so that he can take that curse away from you and give you his blessing, but it has to happen only through faith in Jesus. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for us to take just a second and I want us to pray we're going to end our service today a little differently we're uh, we're not going to sing we're just going to give you a second just to sit before the Lord followers of Christ Do you still, and I know that you do, because I do, I've done it today, I'm not kidding, still trying to do things in your own strength, it just pops up so easy, doesn't it? Again, settle your heart today on the understanding that it's just faith in Christ. Say, Jesus, I thank you that you have made me right and holy before God. I know that that is, and I know, Jesus, that you have filled me with your spirit. Empower me, Jesus. To live just by faith in you. And if you're not a believer today, today can be your day. See that yes, you you need help. You can't do it. You can't do it. And it's a good thing to realize that. Be honest about that. You fall short as we all do. Romans tells us, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us. But Jesus Christ came, he died on that cross so that your curse can be taken away from you and you can receive the blessing of God through faith in him. Trust by faith in Jesus today and be made new. Take just a moment, you and God. Take this moment to pray. And ask the Lord to do in you whatever needs to be done today. God, I pray for us here this morning. I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you, God, for grace on us. 
I thank you, God, that you so desperately want us to just live by faith in you, Jesus, that you give us a book like Galatians that just keeps saying it over and over and over and over and over and over and over because it means that much. You desire, you want for us to live out in the full blessings that are given to us through faith in Jesus and empowerment of the Spirit. You want us to live that out. And so you, you love us so much, you just keep saying it. So I pray, God, for us here in this room that we will be listening. And we say, yes, Jesus. Set aside my good works. I set aside my good efforts. I stop trying to make myself look right in someone's eyes or in your eyes. I just trust by faith in you, Jesus, to do what only you can do. And I pray, God, for those in the room that do not know you as Lord, I ask you, God, that today you would show them, Lord, that trying to be good isn't going to work. You don't grade on a curve. You desire perfect obedience to the law. And you knew they couldn't do that. That's why you sent Jesus in their place. So I pray, God, today, people in this room right now, trust by faith in you, Jesus. And say, Jesus, you take away my sin. You make me new. Thank you for dying on that cross for me. Do this in us, Lord, today for your glory. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, before you go, we've got uh, something else we want to do. We want to introduce you to some folk, uh, some new members uh, coming today to uh, join us in Covenant membership. Real quick before I, I introduce them to you, um, I just want to kind of explain what it is that we do here with membership. Um, so in order to become a member here at Southview, we, we have once a quarter, four times a year, we offer our membership classes. It's three weeks. It runs three weeks back to back to back during the 930 hour. Um, and you come and you're a part of that class. And in that class, we teach you what it means to be a Christian, what it means to be a church member, and then specifically, what does that look like for us here at Southview? And let me explain real quick why we do that. Because some may ask, you know, why, are we, why do we make people take a class and what's up with that? Um, you know, for a lot of us, you maybe grew up in a Baptist church um, where, you know, if you wanted to join the church at the end of the service, you just kind of walked up and shook the pastor's hand and said, I wanted to join. And he spun you around and said, hey, this is Bob. And he wants to be a member. Everybody say, yay. Everybody says, yay. And then you're, all right. And Bob's now a member. Um, or you may even think, what's the point of membership altogether? I mean, we're all in the family of God, right? So why do we got to do this whole membership thing? Well, great question. Fantastic, fantastic question. Uh, and so let me give you a real quick, a couple of quick answers. Number one, the Bible tells us in Matthew that uh, the church is given what's called the keys to the kingdom of God. What that means is that the church is given the responsibility of on earth kind of setting aside, here are followers of Christ and here are not followers of Christ, right? Not that we're God and we know someone's heart, but the best that we can. We're, this is what membership is. When someone joins the church in membership, what we're saying is, by the best of our ability, as we've spent time with them and talked with them and spent time in prayer, we believe that these are indeed followers of Jesus Christ and they want to come be a part of our church. In order for that to happen, we've got to actually talk to people, right? We've got to actually explain to them, here's what we mean by salvation. We want to hear their story. So at the end of those three weeks, we, they sit down with a pastor and share their testimony and, and how God led them to our church. Uh, second thing that this does is this protects someone who's trying to join who maybe isn't a Christian. 
We've had numerous times since I've been here, someone go through the new members class to join the church and in the process realize, I don't think I'm a Christian. If we just let them pop up here and do that, we never have those conversations. Right? This also protects you as a church because the Bible says there are three groups of people, sheep, goats, and wolves. Sheep are the people of God. They're a part of the flock of God in the church. Goats, non-Christians who are sweet, kind, loving awesome people but they don't know jesus if you ever had goats all they do is show up and eat everything and then there are wolves who want to come in and eat sheep so it's our job as pastors to make sure that we don't have goats and wolves but we just truly have sheep and so we got to spend time with you and talk with you and explain what we mean by salvation and walk through all those things and third is this and just totally honest it's a selfish thing but i'm gonna throw it out there anyway it protects me, to be completely honest, because the Bible tells me there's going to come a day where I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for every one of your souls. I'm going to have to do that. I'm going to have to stand up and give an account to God for how I ministered to your soul. And if I have to do that, the least I think I can ask is, why don't you sit down for a few weeks and let us explain what we mean by being a Christian. Right? At least let's sit down for a cup of coffee. So that's why we do that. Just to, by God's grace, as best we can, uh, have as healthy of a church as possible. And, and with that, uh, you know, if you go through that process and there's a week in the class that you miss, we work with you in that. We figure it out. We'll make it up. We understand schedules get nuts and busy and we get all that. We want to be as, as, as uh, flexible with all that as we can. But that's why we do all that, just so we can know uh, that we are by God's grace doing the best we can uh, to uh, glorify him and hopefully lead as healthy of a church as possible. So with that, we've got some folk coming today to join us in membership. They've gone through that process. They've spent time in the class. They've sat down with a pastor here at Southview and walked through their testimony and how God's led them to faith and brought them here and all those great things. And so um, as you, you know for us, as we bring someone before you in membership, in the least, it's someone that we've spent a little bit of time with and we feel confident we can say, hey, this is someone that we think would really be a blessing for us as a congregation. So, uh, so I'm excited to, to uh, introduce these wonderful folks to you. So first of all, the Ivies. Come on down, guys. Come on down. Dwight and Jennifer, come join us. Shiler. Also, uh, Tom McFay, can you guys come on down as well? You're, if you're here, come on down, guys. We'll go ahead and have everybody together. Uh, so I want to introduce you to the Ivies. Uh, we have Dwight and Jennifer and, and Shiler, and they're coming today to uh, be a part of us as a body and just wonderful family. And uh, Dwight and I had a chance to go uh, play some golf uh, a few weeks ago, and, and uh, we did all right. We did all right. So only lost a few balls, so it's not bad. That's right, that's right. We, 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 we put more in the fairway than in the water. So, great family, wonderful. To, it's, uh, to, so glad to have them with us, be a part of our body together. So, if you're excited for the Ivies coming and being a part of us as a body, again, uh, professing faith in Christ, baptized in the faith, and excited to come and be a part of membership here at Southview. If you're excited about that and you welcome them into the body as well, just let them know by saying amen. Amen. Fantastic. And now Tom and Faye coming today. Uh, just sweet couple and just been uh, been involved here with our church and now coming today and 
uh, officially joining here again in membership. And so excited to have them come again, lovers of Jesus, followers of Jesus, baptized in the faith, and uh, coming today to be a part of the family of God here and connect with us. And so if you're excited about having them join with us as well, can you just let them know by saying amen? Amen. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to uh, end out for today. I'm going to pray for us, all right? I'm going to pray for them. And uh, I want to encourage you to pray for them as well. Uh, as part of our body here at Southview, you pray for them, lift them up. God's so good. He hears all of us at the exact same time. So I'm going to pray for them. You pray for them. And we're going to lift them up before the Lord, okay? So let's pray. God, I just thank you. I thank you, God, for these just wonderful, sweet people. I thank you, God, for, God, just what you've done in their life of saving them and making them new. I thank you, God, that you have made them your children, that you have created them as new in you. I thank you, Lord, for that. And I thank you, God, for the blessings that we get to have of having them now be a part of us as a body. Thank you, Jesus, for that. I ask you, Lord, that you would bless them. I ask you, God, that you would allow them to make great friendships and connections right here at Southview. I ask you, God, that you would allow us as a church to minister to them well. I pray, God, that you would empower them to be a part of ministering to others well. And I pray, God, that you would just allow them, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, to just graft really easily and tightly into this body. God, that you would just glorify uh, your name, glorify yourself in their life and in us doing community together. Thank you, Lord, for them. I pray, God, your blessings on them in Jesus name. Amen. All right guys, we love you so much. Have a great week. My shame.